This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny today, high near 32. Partly cloudy tonight, chance of snow showers, low around 22. Wednesday, partly sunny with a chance of snow showers, high near 34. While millions of dollars in updates are planned inside the Boscoff store in downtown Binghamton, there also may be some changes made to the outside of the structure. The building originally featured a yellow brick exterior that was concealed in a 1972 modernization project. Some fans of Binghamton's historic buildings have been hoping the cover-up can be removed to expose the original architecture. It now appears that could happen. Jim Boscov, the CEO of the Pennsylvania-based department store chain, told WNBF News there's serious talk about it. He said he's discussed the concept of removing the current exterior with Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo, who favors the idea. Boscov said he's absolutely in favor of that. But he said improving the interior of the store to provide the best environment for Boscov's customers is a priority. Boscov said the current facade is okay, but it's not nearly as magnificent as the original building. But he said some inspection will be needed to make sure that we know what we're uncovering and that it will be affordable to replace all of the windows that would be exposed. A tobacco and vape store that had been opposed by some Shenango Bridge residents is expected to start operating soon in a former bank building. The Smart Smoker Shop will use the site that had been home to a Citizens Bank branch until two years ago. Approval was received from the Town of Shenango Planning Board to open the business at 603 River Road. The property was recently acquired for use as a smoke shop. Some people who live nearby had tried to prevent the store from setting up at that location. The business location is a short distance away from a couple of nearby schools. The town board approved the site plan for the smart smoker shop with some contingencies. One requires the business to be closed between 2.30 and 4.30 on weekdays when school is in session. Another stipulates that although the store's name may be displayed, there will be no window signage advertising merchandise. The store's opening is planned for next week. On November 22nd, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation in Binghamton arrested Stacy Congdon of Windsor for the Class D felony of grand larceny in the third degree. An investigation revealed that while volunteering for the Windsor Town Fair, Congdon made several unauthorized de- debit card purchases and cash withdrawals totaling over $10,000. The unauthorized purchases took place between May of 2023 and September of 2023. Congdon was arrested and then turned over to Broome County Correctional Facility for arraignment. In September, the New York State Police issued a press release that Congdon was arrested for the Class C felony of grand larceny in the second degree. After an investigation revealed that she stole over $50,000 from the nonprofit Punch-Out Parkinson's Incorporated. The unauthorized withdrawals were taken from the accounts over a period of a year from April through May of 2023. New York State cannabis regulators have approved a deal to settle lawsuits that have blocked recreational marijuana shops from opening. The state's Cannabis Control Board approved the settlement on Monday. 
It still needs a judge's approval before it can take effect. The deal would lift a court order that has blocked the state from processing or issuing retail marijuana licenses since August following lawsuits over rules that promised many of the first licenses to people with past drug convictions. Bureaucratic problems and lawsuits have allowed only about two dozen legal shops to open, while farmers sit on a glut of crops and an ever-growing black market of storefronts fill the void. Former President Donald Trump plans to testify again next month in his civil fraud trial. His lawyer said Monday that he will return to the witness stand on December 11. Trump already testified aggressively earlier this month when he was called by his adversaries in the lawsuit, the New York Attorney General's office. This time, the Republican 2024 presidential frontrunner's own lawyers will open the questioning. They can ask a wider range of queries than they could on cross-examination last time. These state lawyers claim that Trump and his company misled lenders and insurers by giving them financial statements that greatly inflated his asset values and overall net worth. The defendants deny wrongdoing. And a new Pennsylvania law will require doctors to get a patient's verbal and written consent before medical students can perform pelvic exams on someone who receives anesthesia. Governor Josh Shapiro signed the legislation into law last week. And a press conference commemorated it on Monday. The measure is part of a broader national effort to require informed consent for the examinations. At least 20 states have enacted similar measures. The Pennsylvania Act will require health care providers to receive a patient's verbal and written consent for a pelvic, rectal, or prostate exam to be conducted under anesthesia. The law takes effect in January. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio Takes to the air on November 28th, 2023, and here we go, 607-772-1290. What happens between now and noon? Have to uh, listen and find out, along with the host. And we are willing to uh, take your calls. There's some interesting segments coming up that you will hear nowhere else, I'm told. So if you're... Uh, Filled with the holiday spirits. Well, for one thing, don't drive. And secondly, keep listening. And if you are sober and in condition to speak coherently, 607-772-1290. That's the number. That's the number. Don't wear it out. Taking a look at some of the local stories... WNBF.com with, um, I think this is 
fascinating. And I have a sense that it probably can happen. Can't be sure, but I have a gut feeling that enough people are interested in making it happen, so it very likely will happen. There aren't unforeseen obstacles. The um, cover-up at the building that had been renovated for Fowlers back in 1972, 51 years ago, and they were proud of their building after they renovated. They were really proud, and it was 1972. Things were different back then. Richard Milhouse Nixon was president. The speed limits was going to be reduced to a point that Americans would find unacceptable, and so on and so forth. So, at any rate, 1972, it was perfectly fine, apparently, to cover up the original exterior at the building on Court Street, which had been the Boston Company. Or is it the Boston Company? Anyway, ultimately became Fowler, Dick & Walker, the Fowler's Department Store, which uh, stayed in business for a while and then closed. And then, as uh, you know, Boscow's took over the spot in August 1984. And there have been people we've talked about in the past, could we possibly ever see the original exterior of the building again? And we do have a story about that. We touched on on this during our conversation with Jim Boscov last Wednesday, and we did some additional reporting. So we've got uh, some pictures, courtesy of the Broome County Historical Society, and Thanks to Gerald Smith. Take a look. WNBF.com. If you want uh, a sense of what the building looked like for about 70 years, I believe from 1902 to 1972, the building had that yellow brick exterior with lots of windows, dozens of windows on both the Court Street and Water Street sides. And it's compelling. So take a look if you haven't seen it before, or take a look even if you've seen it. We also have uh, a stock or a file photo, undated, but I'm guessing it's a photo that mm, could have been maybe from late 60s of uh, Court Street. Looking east, so on the left side of the photo, you see the Fowler's Department Store building with holiday lights. Everything looks festive. Then as you look east down Court Street, you see, oh, there's our building, the historic WNBF building. Before we arrived here, but ultimately became the WNBF Tower, another Binghamton landmark, and then down at the intersection of Court and Exchange, the Security Mutual Building, 10-story edifice. So take a look at the uh, feature at WNBF.com. We also included a current photo of uh, the store. Of course, you 
by now know what the store looks like. But anyway, uh, we added a current day photo of the Boscov store. So it'd be nice to uh, see if they could happen. Uh, if you were listening to our interview, our live interview with Jim Boscov last week, he did say the current facade is okay, but it's not nearly as magnificent as the original building. Now, he concedes being able to remove the covering that was added in 1972 would be a big task. But if it's feasible, it sounds as though he would like to see that happen. Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo would like that to happen. I spoke with her about the possibility uh, last week after the announcement was made about the work that's going to be done, $10 million in work, including improving the major building systems and the property that is leased by Boscovs. And she had said um, that she would like to see it happen and contacted her again on Monday, and this is what she wrote. We're at the very early stages of this conversation. A feasibility study has not been initiated, but she did ask the mayor if any old schematics about the facade are on file at City Hall. That can be examined. Obviously, we're working through the first phase of the renovation. Once that work gets underway, we can look at what the facade removal might cost. Once that comes off, we'll also need to factor in all new energy-efficient windows and entrances. Once people see what's under there, everyone is excited to see it come back. I would be excited to see that come back. Personally, because I was a kid, and when I was a kid, we were rarely allowed to travel to the big city. I don't believe I ever actually saw that building in its original splendor. Maybe I did. I don't remember it. But uh, it's based on the photos. I think it would be nice if that could happen. Now, I'm told... I'm told that the city did conduct a feasibility study. Now, I don't know how extensive. I don't know if it was just an informal examination of the issue, but I am told not that long ago the city did actually look into the possibility. This is when um, negotiations were continuing with Boscovs. As you know, Boscovs in recent years had only extended its lease one year at a time. So the city and others were having conversations about the future of Boscovs downtown. And the city economic development people did look at what would be involved in removing the stuff that was slapped on there in 1972. Based on what I'm told, based on what I've been advised on, uh, it seems that it would be feasible. It wouldn't wouldn't be cheap, but it also probably wouldn't be beyond 
the the capacity of everybody involved. Remember, the building, Boscos doesn't own the building. We, the people, own the building. So, Local Development Corporation, they say, owns the building. So, Boscos leases it. They announced a long-term lease extension. So, if the people who own the building can figure out a way to pull it off and bring back the original beauty of the exterior, that would be nice. If it's feasible. Maybe maybe it can't be done. Maybe we'll take a closer look and say, mm, no, turns out, turns out there's a structural issue or whatever that makes it unrealistic. But good to talk about anyway. And we'll keep you posted if uh, more information comes in. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's Beverly from the town of Dickinson. I was just in Bosco's over the weekend. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the escalator? Oh, I'm so- it was all right, Bob, but I can't ride the escalator no more because uh, long distances, I have to go in a wheelchair. Cause mm, okay, so you use the elevator? Yeah, neuropathy in my legs and feet. That comes along with being a diabetic. Yeah. So I, what, I, do, what do you I, think, What do you think though, if they are able to uh, figure out a way to take off that siding that was put up there 51 years ago and then uh, show us the original... The original yellow brick that was uh, put up there in the building around the turn of the century. What do you think about that? Oh, it'd be something different. I mean, I remember. I I think it was in the seventies. I think it was. It's still yellow too. I think. Yeah, that's what the the photos indicate. I'd like to see uh, at the same time. If they do this over at the Boscov store, I'd like to see them do it over here at the WNBF building. Because if they remove, oh, that- if they remove the exterior that was put up on the sides of our building in the seventies, wait till you see what it looks like. I mean, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful structure when it was built. Yeah, I, uh, they, uh, they had a lot of good sales down there. A lot of good, but. But they were booming over the weekend because of the of the the big shopping days. Yeah, Jim Boscov seemed excited when he was yeah. on on the air uh, with were us. Were you ever to that one in Scranton? No, no, and oh, I, I haven't. Good. I haven't. When I talked to uh, Jim Boscov, not uh, on the air, but uh, uh, last week. Right before the announcement, I had a chance to uh, chat one-on-one over at the Boscov store uh, Monday of last week. And I asked him, I said, is this the only downtown store that Boscov's has? And he said, no, we actually have downtown stores in Scranton and Wilkesbury. I said, oh, that's right. But I haven't been to either of those. So I'll, I'll have to... They're pretty, uh, ni- they're pretty nice, Bob. They... they uh 
They're really pretty nice. I haven't been down there. The last time I was down to was was down to Scranton was just before my my father passed away. But my daughter and I spent the whole day there. That's a nice store. That's different. You know what they could do? At um well, have you ever been they had the um like all the trains, the National Historic Site, oh, Steamtown. Yeah. Have they, you been there? They had the trains. They had the trains down near them, but I don't know whether they have them now or not. But well, they do. They oh, do. do they? I, I'm just looking at the pictures I took because I was down there about three years ago, and uh, that historic site is beautiful. I love seeing oh, yeah. the the old Erie Lackawanna trains. They even have. Uh, I'm looking at a caboose, Erie Lackawanna caboose. They had a whole bunch of uh, historic engines, steam engines, and so on. If you have a chance, go down there and check that out. Yeah. Did you you remember the Phoebe Snow? Well, I I never had a chance to ride on it because the, oh, Bob, that because, was yeah, it was beautiful. We used to go from here, from Binghamton to. Atlantic City, where my aunt and uncle lived, and oh my God, it, it take us a long time to get there, you know, because you know, at that time, you know, the trains only went, uh, oh, maybe thirty miles an hour. I don't know what they're going now. You know when they uh, shut it down, the Phoebe Snow. Oh, Bob, I, I'm not really sure, but I. I'm going to take a guess maybe in the 60s. Yeah, it was um, exactly 57 years ago. 50, oh. 57 years ago yesterday, the last service of the Phoebe Snow was November 27th, 1966. Yeah, so, but I, it was, that was nice. Uh, I don't know where it's stored at now, Uh when we went to Altoona, Pennsylvania, we went to the uh, the train muse- museum, and uh, we um, we were look we were looking for the Phoebe Snow, but we didn't find it. Hmm. Actually, I see on the, the internet it says they have a bunch of um, they have a bunch of uh cars including a couple that aren't that far from here from the uh the old Phoebe Snow. So I'm I'm going to um at some point go down and and see if I can find those cars because if they're where the internet claims they are, I could probably get down there and and uh, do a report, but I won't tell you where they're supposed to be. I'm going to go verify that, okay? Yeah, well, uh that museum in Altoona, Pennsylvania, that's really nice. We, I've been down there a few times. All right. We were gonna go down, we were gonna go down last year, but I didn't, I didn't want to take a chance because I, you know, I was, I was, you know, Bob, last year, a year, a year ago, I couldn't walk, I couldn't walk, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't walk, but now I can do it because I have the willpower to to keep going. All right. Well, I'm glad you're doing better. I hope you have a good morning. Okay, you too. It's 928.
listening to Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. WNBF The following segment is sponsored by KSL Insurance Solutions. Karen Sweet O'Neill, good morning. What's uh, on tap for tomorrow morning's segment here at WNBF? Well, guess what we're going to talk about? The high price of turkey. (laughs) No, because it's on sale now. Um, But (laughs) we're going to talk about the last week and a half of your opportunity to choose the right Medicare product for yourself going into 2024. Open enrollment, October 15th to December 7th. It does end next week. And so we're going to talk about, you know, certain things that you need to look for. And, yes, you're coming down to the final stretch, as we call it, and uh, we want to make sure that everybody, you know, has the opportunity to, you know, decide if what they have they can keep, if it's still offered next year, and what the changes are, if they do keep it, and if not, how they can save some money going forward. We're also going to touch a little bit, Bob, on employer retiree plans like the city of Binghamton. They just came out with their new um, prices for retirees and their spouses, and so we'll touch on that um, tomorrow as well. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, and we are up above and be uh, behind Plato's Closet and Style Encore. Drive right up to us. You can make an appointment several ways. Simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can also Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up. And if you missed the phone number, we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. We will talk tomorrow morning. We will. In the meantime, enjoy your day. You too. Thanks, Bob. 932 WNBF. Serving America and the world. Yes, our primary coverage area is America, but... I'm told the world appreciates what we do, and that's okay. We're willing to serve people around the globe if they like what we do, and I have no doubt that they love what we do. So feel free to continue to enjoy what we do, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Nine thirty-five, WNBF with Bob Joseph. Happy holidays here at WNBF. Speaking of the happy holidays, the Endicott Holiday Parade is coming up Saturday afternoon. Joining us now to talk about it is Darlene Leonard. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, everybody's looking forward to the big parade this Saturday. Give our listeners a preview of what they can expect for this year's big event. 
Okay, this is the 84th holiday parade in Endicott, so it's been a tradition for a very, very long time. It used to be the opening of the holiday season for shopping in Endicott, but now it is um, just a tradition we carry on. It will be uh, starting exactly 4 o'clock on Washington Avenue. There's plenty of parking around Washington Avenue to be able to park and see the parade. It will be at least an hour long. Uh, Santa Claus will be there, of course, and he will be at the end of the parade. And at the end of the parade, you can follow him to the fire station and see him personally and have a hot chocolate and cookies. Uh, and the big finale is 5.30 fireworks will be t- uh, taken from on Sertoma Field there on the west or north side of Endicott. And uh, anybody can also go there and watch the fireworks in the sky. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I know you and the people on the parade committee put a lot of effort into organizing this event. We certainly do. It takes about four months, and there's about ten of us, and we all have assignments and things to do, and and it's getting down to the wire, but we're looking good. All right. All right. Any significant differences this year compared to last December? Well, I guess not not so much as last year we were dealing with some traffic difficulties uh, with the close of the McKinley Avenue Bridge, but that's not the case this year. Uh, there's still plenty of parking in Endicott, so I always like to brag about that. People have no excuse not to be able to get there and see it. Uh, also, the Grinch will be there. He's going to try to spoil Christmas, but we won't let him do that, and he'll be coming down the street as well. Uh, I, I think we have a, a super year planned. We also have the tree lighting, which would be uh, another part of the parade uh, that we have done for years this year. We're breaking it out, and it will be tomorrow on on Wednesday down at Municipal Park in Endicott at 7 p.m., along with the Festival of Trees at the Visitor Center. So it's a jam-packed week. Well, it sounds like fun. So again, the uh, tree lighting ceremony will be tomorrow evening, and the big Endicott holiday parade is Saturday at 4 p.m., That's right. Darlene Leonard, thank you for checking in. I trust everybody is going to have a fun week in my favorite village. I hope so. I think so. Uh, Everybody's welcome. All right. And I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take care. It's 938 WNBF. We're here for you, for the community. And we get the information out to you in real time. People are confused. Why do you do it in real time? Why don't you just put out a podcast and you just sit in your home studio and put out a podcast and have hot cocoa on a morning like this? To which I say, no, I've already been out. I, I have reported a most beautiful story already. That was the first thing out of the shoot this morning. I It, it was snowy. It was cold. I could have uh, just called in and said, you know, Don, my thought is, with snow and some slippery roads, my thought is I just stay home and do the whole thing from my home studio. That's what some would do. I, on the other hand, said, let's venture out on the slippery roadways, the highways, the byways, with people slip-sliding away. Throw caution to the wind and drive directly to my first story, which I did. So I already got a good story for you. And I think you'll love it.
Cash your love. Money back if not delighted. 607-772-1290 is the number. Your participation is always welcome. On Binghamton Now, Bob Joseph with you on a Tuesday morning on WNBF. Taylor Green, a wild night tonight on State Street. <laughs> Talk about a motley crew. People are like, Bob, what are you doing with Marjorie Taylor Green, AOC, Chuck Schumer, and Hakeem Jeffries on State Street? And my answer would be, hey. <laughs> Sorry, hey. Hey, I'm showing them Binghamton. <laughs> But Marjorie Taylor Greene and AOC and Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, something here doesn't make sense. May we take a picture? To which I would say, no pictures, please. No media. No media. <laughs> and that would be the one thing that Chuck Schumer and Marjorie Taylor Greene, oh, what the heck, Lauren Boebert, too. <laughs> Maybe some other members of the squad will have a great old time on State Street tonight with some of my favorite members of Congress. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> Why not Andrew and Chris Cuomo bring in some powerful people who love Binghamton? Let's face it, we all love Binghamton. That's what we're about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway, now you know about my dream last time. <laughs> Why am I dreaming? It's the weirdest dream. Yeah, yeah. of course you would say, well, of course your dream is going to have Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, and you're doing an interview live in the studio, and then live during the interview, of course, AOC would show up, and then, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene, then Lauren Boebert, then Chris Cuomo, then his brother Andrew, then George Pataki. <laughs> oh, speaking of former governors, yeah, yeah, her from Alaska, the one who can't afford a newspaper. <laughs> well, what newspapers do you read, Governor Palin? Huh? What's a news? Piper. All right, here's the forecast as dictated from somebody. Um, 
on Mount Ettrick at the National Weather Service. Partly sunny today. Well, that would be nice. A <laughs> chance of snow showers. Yes, there was a chance. High 32. Snow showered all the way on my way in. That's why people were sliding off the roadways. Cloudy tonight, a chance of snow showers early, low 22. Partly sunny tomorrow, a chance of snow showers in the afternoon, high 34. Mostly sunny Thursday, high 45. Right now, 27 in downtown Binghamton, which I'm told is 3 Celsius. Here at News Radio WNBF and... As we frequently do, just for kicks, since nobody else cares to do it anymore, the air quality index for Binghamton is just swell. 31. Air quality index. So go out and breathe. Go out and breathe. They haven't managed to tax that yet. Of course, they're working on it. Well, you shouldn't be able to breathe clean air without paying at least a nickel per breath. Elsewhere in local news, as seen on WNBF.com, controversial Shenango Bridge tobacco shop to open next week. So those who've been waiting for the new smoke shop will be able to get all of their smoking and vaping needs satisfied at the Smart Smoker, Smart Smoker Shop is planning to open uh, in a few days, I'm told. The Smart Smoker Shop will be at the place that had been a Citizens Bank branch until two years ago when Citizens Bank decided it could no longer operate a branch in Shenango Bridge. Isn't it great? How many communities now are bankless? Shenango Bridge lost that bank, uh, bank branch on November 10th, 2021. Windsor has no bank branch, as far as I know. So a uh, person has received the approval necessary from the Shenango Town Planning Board to open the business at 603 River Road. Uh, he bought the place, which... If you buy a place and you have a legal use for the place, the uh, planning commission really has no choice but to allow it to go forward, and the planning commission has done that. And I guess they also talked about it at the Shenango Town Board meeting. Uh, some people who live nearby had tried to prevent the store from setting up at the location. One of those who expressed concern was Broome County Legislator Erin Micah. She lives... She told me less than a half mile from the site. She actually lives in Hillcrest, but it's not far from the site of the smoke shop and vape shop. So if you want, uh, I guess, tobacco and uh, vaping products, you can get them there next week. I guess that's the plan. One thing, well, there were a couple of contingencies that were attached to the planning board approval. Uh, one, the business has to be closed uh, Monday through Friday from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. when school's in session. And also there's a stipulation about the 
signage. The store can have a sign that says smart smoker, but there apparently isn't supposed to be any kind of window signage. You know, basically, come on in, enjoy vaping, enjoy tobacco, enjoy cigarettes. So apparently, obviously, if it's a business, it can identify itself, but there are some restrictions regarding the signage. So, 952 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, John from Binghamton. The, the city that approved, let's keep this in mind, they could have opted out of all this madness. Now, this never would have been an issue. There wouldn't have been a... Oh, about the the drive-through yeah. uh, weed world over yeah. where the A and W. Well, that's a good point, and and I recall that the city announced with some fanfare. I think I was at the news conference when the city uh, enthusiastically announced that it was uh, going all in on the business of cannabis. I call it cannabis uh, because apparently that's the uh, next way of making lots of money if if you can't make lithium ion batteries that work then why not sell cannabis i say well it's interesting that you brought that up <laughs> uh, yeah how's that project going <laughs> i mean uh, well what's the latest well all i know is that uh, a person that i've been in contact with in the australian media did write a uh, pretty lucid uh explanation about the tangled web of companies that became IM3 New York or are part of IM3. You start with Imperium 3 and this, I always get it wrong, CV4 or whatever it is. I, I mix it up with... Yeah, it. I know. At first, I thought that was a new Honda model. And it turns yeah, out, exactly. you know, it's not yeah. it's not Honda at all. It's it's all part of uh, the brave new world of um, of power. That'll the the world of power headquartered in Endicott. And then there's this IM3 New York and IM3 New York LLC. But anyway, uh, at the end, uh, about six weeks ago, there was a lawsuit filed against IM3 uh, for uh, $453,000 by an Ohio uh, uh, engineering firm and 64-page complaint with about 17 pages of exhibits. And it's interesting because, you know, you've got collection letters, we're going to pay you, uh, we're not going to, we're waiting for grant, well, things are in shambles, we, we, we only have enough cash for three to five weeks. So it, it paints the real picture, these affidavits, sort of like uh, a Woody Allen movie, you know, uh, and it, I, I, I have, uh, for some reason, nobody said no uh, to these people. This this company was created at the university. It was gonna and and they went with it full bore. It, it wasn't a real company then. It's not a real company now. They got hooked in, and then Whittingham won the Nobel Prize. Uh, and uh, the politicians in Albany think that they can buy prosperity uh, by wasting tax money. And th- th- no one, no one is willing to backtrack. In fact, Bob, uh, I have a source at the university. Uh, or uh, that deals with the university, and you know they are very adamant. They are out to uh, shove this. This is why you don't see even one paragraph of negativity 
uh, in this, uh, and we've talked about the links between the press and government and Binghamton University, how people go back and forth, but uh, uh, there's not even uh, one sentence indicating that this company is not paying its bills. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. Well, uh, no, nobody wants to hear that negativity, especially at the holiday season. At any rate, we do have to uh, wrap up this segment, but we'll be keeping a close eye on things. And, and the minute, the minute that I see um, good news about that, I'll, I'll break in. Okay, so thank you. The minute that there's good news about that project, I will break into programming. It's 9.56. I'm Bob Joseph. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny today, high near 32. Partly cloudy tonight, chance of snow showers, low around 22. Wednesday, partly sunny with a chance of snow showers, high near 34. While millions of dollars in updates are planned inside the Boscov store in downtown Binghamton, there also may be some changes made to the outside of the structure. The building originally featured a yellow brick exterior that was concealed in a 1972 modernization project. Some fans of Binghamton's historic buildings have been hoping the cover-up can be removed to expose the original architecture. It now appears that could happen. Jim Boscov, the CEO of the Pennsylvania-based department store chain, told WNBF News there's serious talk about it. He said he's discussed the concept of removing the current exterior with Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo, who favors the idea. Boscov said he is absolutely in favor of that. But he said improving the interior of the store to provide the best environment for Boscov's customers is a priority. Boscov said the current facade is okay, but it's not nearly as magnificent as the original building. But he said some inspection will be needed to make sure that we know what we're uncovering and that it will be affordable to replace all of the windows that would be exposed. A tobacco and vape store that had been opposed by some Shenango Bridge residents is expected to start operating soon in a former bank building. The Smart Smoker Shop will use the site that had been home to a Citizens Bank branch until two years ago. Approval was received from the Town of Shenango Planning Board to open the business at 603 River Road. The property was recently acquired for use as a smoke shop. Some people who live nearby had tried to prevent the store from setting up, setting up at that location. The business location is a short distance away from a couple of nearby schools. The town board approved the site plan for the smart smoker shop with some contingencies. One requires the business to be closed between 2.30 and 4.30 on weekdays when school is in session. Another stipulates that although the store's name may be displayed, there will be no window signage advertising merchandise. The store's opening is planned for next week. On November 22nd, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation at Binghamton arrested Stacy Congdon of Windsor for the Class D felony of grand larceny in the third degree. An investigation revealed that while volunteering for the Windsor Town Fair, Congdon made several unauthorized debit card purchases and cash withdrawals totaling over $10,000. The unauthorized purchases took place between May of 2023 and September of 2023. Congdon was arrested and then turned over to Broome County Correctional Facility for arraignment. 
In September, the New York State Police issued a press release that Congdon was arrested for the Class C felony of grand larceny in the second degree after an investigation revealed that she stole over $50,000 from the nonprofit Punch-Out Parkinson's Incorporated. The unauthorized withdrawals were taken from the accounts over a period of a year from April through May of 2023. New York State cannabis regulators have approved a deal to settle lawsuits that have blocked recreational marijuana shops from opening. The state's Cannabis Control Board approved the settlement on Monday. It still needs a judge's approval before it can take effect. The deal would lift a court order that has blocked the state from processing or issuing retail marijuana licenses since August following lawsuits over rules that promised many of the first licenses to people with past drug convictions. Bureaucratic problems and lawsuits have allowed only about two dozen legal shops to open, while farmers sit on a glut of crops and an ever-growing black market of storefronts fill the void. Former President Donald Trump plans to testify again next month in his civil fraud trial. His lawyer said Monday that he will return to the witness stand on December 11. Trump already testified aggressively earlier this month when he was called by his adversaries in the lawsuit, the New York Attorney General's office. This time, the Republican 2024 presidential frontrunner's own lawyers will open the questioning. They can ask a wider range of queries than they could on cross-examination last time. These state lawyers claim that Trump and his company misled lenders and insurers by giving them financial statements that greatly inflated his asset values and overall net worth. The defendants denied wrongdoing. And a new Pennsylvania law will require doctors to get a patient's verbal and written consent before medical students can perform pelvic exams on someone who receives anesthesia. Governor Josh Shapiro signed the legislation into law last week and a press conference commemorated it on Monday. The measure is part of a broader national effort to require informed consent for the examinations. At least 20 states have enacted similar measures. The Pennsylvania Act will require health care providers to receive a patient's verbal and written consent for a pelvic, rectal, or prostate exam to be conducted under anesthesia. The law takes effect in January. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF on a Tuesday morning with Bob Joseph live. Listening to Binghamton now. Coming up, we'll have uh, more opportunities for you to call and discuss issues, issues of importance to the region. So feel free, whether you want to talk about Broome or Tioga or Shenango or Delaware or Tompkins or Susquehanna or Bradford counties, whatever, Delaware. Or if you want to talk about global events, hey, it's your show. I'm just a facilitator. So we'll have some call-in opportunities coming up. Also, a uh, very interesting interview, a special interview coming up next hour, about an hour from now that you'll enjoy. I also have a special interview now with Sabrina Enriquez, Executive Director of the Tioga County Chamber. And good morning. Welcome to our studio. Good morning. So what do you think of our studio? Oh, I love it. 
Usually I do these on the phone with you, so I'm really excited to be here in person. Yeah. Well, thanks for popping in. We're <laughs> proud of our studio. Did you notice that when we did our renovation, we had plans to renovate only 75% of the studio? So three of the four walls were made beautiful and then the wall that i get to look at that's the original wall and and hopefully in our 10-year plan hopefully they'll get around to renovating or or refreshing the wall that i look at i mean it's not bad <laughs> it's not bad no and plus the the calendar with the doggy of course certainly makes makes, makes everything up. makes everything better <laughs> but i will say these walls are very beautiful i love the mural very thoughtful that is beautiful yeah, because that, that celebrates. Yeah. And we, we had um, uh, people here from downtown Binghamton who came up with this concept that celebrates some of the special architecture here in downtown Binghamton. And I look at it and I think that reminds me very much of the very special architecture in Tioga County in the heart of the village of Owego. Yes. By the way, still regarded in my book as the coolest small town in the history of the world. And so you look at the way buildings were constructed, say, in the late 1800s or early 1900s, and certainly that's uh, some of the architecture. Look at uh, Lake Street and Front Street, some of the uh, commercial buildings in the heart of Owego, along with the residential buildings. The architecture is magnificent. It is so magnificent that I actually just moved. I actually live in the village now. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'd say that's a smart move. I love the village <laughs> yeah, of Owego. Yeah, I absolutely love living there. It's amazing. And there's so much going on. Yeah, always. It's been a lot over the last two years. And I, uh, you know, Ike. Yes, of course. And, yes. And I love stopped them, by. Yes. Oh, you know, he and his wife have, have done so many great things. They really have. With the restaurant, Owego yes. Kitchen, and then this next project. And I'm thinking... Wait, how can you serve donuts and beer or beer and donuts? Who came up with that? And, I'm, and then the more I, I spoke with them, and I've had uh, several conversations with them since the plan was finalized, and I was just over at, at the place on North Avenue a little over a week ago because they're getting very close to opening up, and it's incredible what they've done with the old grocery store, the old Tom, uh, yes. Thompson's Grocery. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking, I think people are going to be amazed with the concept and the transformation. Plus, it's a, it's a spot. Look at the traffic count. I mean, Absolutely. It, you have the school. You very have, visible. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, you, you came up with an idea that's probably going to not only be attractive to people in Tioga and Broome counties, but also draw people from outside the region. I think it's definitely a destination. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me, you, you've been busy. I know you oh. You just told me you've been extremely <laughs> busy because you have a lot going on simultaneously. And also, coming up this week, you have a very big event. I do. So November 30th, we have our business expo. It's kind of a business job fair expo together. Um, that will actually be held from 9 a.m. until noon. Then we also have a lunch and learn, um, which I'm really excited about that too. We got some, some pretty big hitters in that one. And then in the afternoon, we have our economic forecast update. Uh, kind of talk to you a little bit about that. And then we also have our community awards for the year. So we have a lot going on in one day. It's going to be a big, big day. Yes. 
one of the things that I was fascinated by, you mentioned the guest speaker yeah. that day is, is somebody very familiar to our listeners and to people in Binghamton and Broome County, Giovanni Scaringi, yes. member of Binghamton City Council. And I've, I've always been amazed by the insights he has, not just say on local government but also on on the economy well to try not to sound like a fangirl because i am such a big fan um yeah he's absolutely spectacular just a great speaker great insight i'm really looking forward to um he was actually the key speaker in our event in february and he gave some really great updates then so i am really interested to see the updates from february to where we are now so i'm very excited that we were able to to secure him he's also on my board too so we were able to get him you know we're very excited about it well that's great and for people not familiar well we didn't mention the location yet but oh, it's certainly yeah. <laughs> i would say one of the best known locations in tioga county tioga downs absolutely so you know we we have a really strong partnership with tioga downs um, this is our second year holding the event out there with them. And this year we're actually partnered with them. So I'm very excited um, to have it out there. And, of course, you know, afterwards people can go to the restaurants and they can check out the casino, try their luck. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about Tioga Downs. So what, as, as you look ahead, say, for 2024, what are your thoughts on what Tioga County businesses and residents can expect because there's been just a flurry of activity especially post-covid that's been going on in the village of Owego and elsewhere in Tioga County what's your sense of of what's coming up in the next few years well you just named some of the businesses that are coming um I've also been involved with probably a record number of ribbon cuttings right new businesses people coming from different places um, there's a huge interest right now in downtown uh, Owego, but as well as Waverly. You know, Waverly just got their Waverly Forward grant. So they will also be, you know, doing a lot of stuff out there, renovating, um, really making that downtown a lot more viable. So I feel like 2024 is going to be an amazing year and forward. We are really setting the foundation um, for Tioga County to be strong. And I think this is a, this is the perfect time to do it. Well, we've covered so much of of the various businesses in Owego, the Spellbound Books and Cafe yes. that open. I'm just punching up the story here. We did did that story last May and I drive by there and I'm just glad to see that there's yet another example of a small local business. I believe it's a brother and sister who yes. are operating the place. And I remember the first time I visited them at Last May, um, yeah, just a, a little over six months ago, they were so excited about their plan. And so I drive by there. I, I think about um, the future of with uh, Steve Crudy with Fuddy Duddies. Oh, I mean, he's so excited yeah. about about the project at the new building and and so many other things. We talked about the uh, the North Avenue project. Um, with the Owego Donut and Beer Company and, and so many others. Oh, the um, 
our uh, friend here, John Munchko, uh, who has big plans uh, renovating yes. the the building there, the yes. historic building at the, on the corner of Absolutely. Lake Avenue and Main Street. He actually gave me a tour of that because I'd never been inside of there. He's a great guy. I mean, just overall great guy. Um, and even when, so when you mentioned Fuddy Duddy, I actually purchased the building right next to them. So that's the building that I own is actually the one that's right next to Fuddy Duddy. Oh, really? And yeah, so John was one of the first people that I actually talked to when I was going through the process of buying a building. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go all in on this. And he was very encouraging of that. And of course, he gave me a tour of his building and I can't wait to see what he does. Absolutely. Well, and I... I haven't talked to him uh, for a few months about it, but I, I assume that he still is going to try to go forward with the plans to open up the um, the Main Street side, the yes. north side of the building, yes. put, put in windows. And I yes. think that's a, an intriguing yes. concept because uh, to have, have windows on both sides, both the Main and Lake Street right. side, I think will will be very impressive at the, at the north end of Lake Avenue. And... You literally just named three projects that I feel like are going to be destination places, right? We're going to have the beer and, and donuts. We're going to have fuddy-duddies and what they're planning on doing. And now you just talked about John's project. Those three right there are, I in my mind, <laughs> are going to be major destination um, places for people to come from all over to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And And... There are other projects that are continuing uh, related to the downtown revitalization initiative. Yes. Um, even the um, the neighborhood depot project. They just oh, had the yes. groundbreaking for yes, that. They just and did so that. And so you had a racker and the other nonprofits yes. that are getting together to have a unified facility that will yes. help people really at a good location. The location, I think, is going to be so beneficial for these entities, um, both during routine times and in the future in the event of emergency, that uh, um, supplies and, and services will be, I think, more readily available to people who will need help. So Bob Brazil, he's also on my board as well. And so he's a part of that project. And what they're doing is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I've seen the plans. I've obviously, I've talked to them. I was at the groundbreaking. Um, I'm very, very excited about that project. And just like you said, you know, it's just another amazing thing um, that we're doing in Tioga County. And we had Bob Brazil on here less than two weeks ago. Oh, good. He was here in the studio good. and gave us an overview of that project. And, yeah, it's, it's exciting to think that probably uh, around the start of summer that those agencies can move into the new facility and that'll be that'll be a key element as the village of Owego and Tioga County move forward. Now getting back to uh, this week's big events, anything else you wanted to add about what'll be taking place uh, on Thursday? Well I definitely want to thank the people who are involved in it, right? So we are um we have a few big partners for this. So SUNY Broom, this is their second year actually sponsoring our business um, our business expo and job fair. We're also in partnership with, let's see here, we have SUNY, we have Lockheed Martin, we have Visions, Tioga State Bank, we have Community Bank, we have uh, Shimon Canal, we have, of course, Town Square Media, which you guys have been so awesome to me. Thank you. Let me put that out there. <laughs> um, Finger Lakes Tourism is also involved, too. So we have a lot of, um, a lot a lot of different people came together to, to make this work. 
um, very excited about it. We definitely want, um, we have some big names for the jobs too. So all of these names that I just said are also going to have booths. You know, we have your Crown Cork and Seal. We have the Tioga County jobs are going to be posted. Civil person there, civil personnel is going to be there. Let's see who else we got here. We got Cornell Exchange is going to be there. Of course, the Tioga um, County Career Center is going to be there. Um, we have a lot of heavy hitters that really are looking to hire. So we definitely want people to come out, um, be dressed for success. I always tell people, even though it's a job fair, business expo, business to business expo, still come like you might get hired on the spot because it actually might happen. And you mentioned uh, the business down uh, in Lounsbury, and that's one thing I didn't even touch on because you've you've got the, the manufacturing operation plus the big FedEx freight site, and that was a huge story as it was being built, but now they've been in operation for a while, and I, I think some people, especially, say, people in the triple cities here in Broome County might take it for granted, but that was a huge project. There was a lot of stuff going on simultaneously in that part of Tioga County, Lounsbury, before you arrived. And and when you think of the number of jobs that are are centered in, in that area just a little bit to the west of Owego, it's really amazing. And I know the, the location being directly across or uh, so close to the expressway was was key as far as manufacturing as far as fedex and as far as some of the other projects that have taken place there well don't forget best buy i well, just did right. a, yes and, and that's the thing best yes. buy distribution center yes and so you think about it so yes you think you see best buy trucks and fedex freight trucks and so many other things that are out on the highway all the time and it's like oh yeah they're their uh, nexus is is Tioga County, is Lounsbury, and that's hundreds and hundreds of jobs. Absolutely. Um, I had a conversation with Amazon when I first became CEO, and of course I was like, I think you guys should move to Tioga County. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're constantly looking at um, our economic development, actually, Team Tioga. They do a phenomenal job in going out there um, – making sure that they try to bring these manufacturers in. And we have so much land. Well, that's what I'm thinking. There's there's land available. Yes. Also, I'm aware, I think, of at least a couple of key sites where buildings exist that have a lot of potential yes. for, for businesses that uh, want a building that's already in place and might not take a whole lot of work as far as retrofitting Absolutely. to, to make, it, make those facilities usable for their next chapter. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why, of course, I'm promoting to invest in Tioga County, but I'm doing it myself, right? I purchased a building there. I'm hoping to do business there because I really do believe that we are, we're a great county and we're definitely just moving forward. Well, it's an exciting time. For Tioga County, for Broome County, for the entire region. Absolutely. We have seen so much going on and that's one of the things I've enjoyed really about the last couple of years as the area as the nation and the world emerged from the COVID pandemic, there seemed to have been uh, a lot of pent up energy. People had time to think about where they would go next as far as business opportunities and, and ventures. And then as, as uh, things basically started to um, return to let's say business as usual, people have been just so excited to share their ideas with me and I, I think that's one of the great things about being able to cover local news right here in Broome and Tioga counties. 
I love it. And don't forget about what we're doing with students, too. So we have a junior chamber. Um, I believe Waverly just started their junior chamber as well. We're doing a lot with the next generation. So we're, we're not just thinking about five or ten years. You know, we're thinking 20, 40, 100 years ahead. We are laying down the groundwork to really change um, generations beyond us, to touch lives beyond us. That's the way to invest in the future. Absolutely. Sabrina Enriquez, Executive Director of the Tioga County Chamber. We thank you for joining us. Wish you the best. Thank you. It's 1027. This is Binghamton Now on News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GolfAuto.com. WNBF Binghamton. I'm Bob Joseph. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Blue. (laughs) Ah. Phone lines froze up again. Well, happens usually. First snow of the the season. We're supposed to get some of that de-icer. I'll have to go up to the airport and see if I can get five gallons of de-icer so the phone lines don't freeze up when we get snow like this. 1032 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Yeah. Okay, hey, it's Dave from Binghamton. Oh, hi. Hi, Dave. So, for a second hi. there, I I thought we had a connection with a space shuttle, and I thought, wait, that's not that's t- not till next Tuesday. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I was calling, and it, kind of, it definitely is putting uh, the chamber calling from Tioga and the small business chat. Uh, kind of reminds me in regard to small businesses in the Broome County area, especially um, one thing that a lot of people might not know is there's still a lot of uh, small businesses at Oakdale Mall or Oakdale Commons, I, I should say. <laughs> That'll take a little while to uh, remember that it's you know now the Commons instead of the mall. Yeah, I, I have a, a sense that many of us of a certain age will probably always slip and call it Oakdale Mall on at least on occasion. But but you're right, you know. There's been so much focus on. The uh, House of Sport and the new restaurants that opened over the last couple of months that I think some people have, have forgotten that there is a small business presence that continues at, at the retail site in Johnson City. Yeah, definitely. And even some of them that people might think are national, there are actually locally owned franchises. Like uh, the Cinnabon is actually a local franchisee. 
and the whole family is there all the time working hard. It's amazing to see. Um, you know, so even though it's a national name franchise, it's really hardworking local people um, getting the, the sweetness into people's uh, faces. <laughs> um, but, you know, and across from that, there's uh, Christmas Treasures, uh, which is kind of original but local, and they opened up a uh, uh, an ornament store across the way from that uh, in the former GameStop. Um, it's a uh, ornament store, I guess, last year or up until last year. It was in the former Justice. Um, there's the Gifts and Giggles Galore, which is in the former CVS. They've been there for a couple of years now. And what's cool about that is it's uh, a retail co-op. So there's actually micro-businesses in there. So it's not just um, one business, a small business owner. It's multiple small business owners. So... There's a vendor there selling um, these pets, uh, like uh, perfect pets. So it's kind of like a dog or cat sleeping, but it's uh, uh, battery powered. So it's it's kind of cute with that. There's a Funko Pop vendor there. Um, there also has like lounge fly bags. Uh, even and then there again, it's gifts as well. So um, from purses, handmade crafts, um, Mike's Hot Honey, and uh, sometimes they do have Mallow Cup, but not always. Um, and then mm, Mallow Caps, yeah, the candy that <laughs> yeah, made Altoona famous. One hundred percent. And then there's, if you go further down, um, there's a couple more small businesses in the mall as well. But there's there's a lot of there, there's still a lot of stores in there, both national and local. Thankfully, there, there's still a lot of local stores in there that you know if people can go in there during the holidays and after support all of the businesses there. Um, It'll hopefully help build more traffic and keep the small businesses there with the big ones. And as I was mentioning during our Tioga County segment, it's just reassuring that people all across our region are still interested in in doing things. Some are are tried and tra- tried and tested ideas. Some things are are new and and concepts that would never have occurred to me but but so many people at any given time i'm i think i'm aware of about a dozen other things that are sort of um just percolating beneath the surface they're not developed far enough along right now to be able to do a story but i would say within the next three to six months people are going to hear some really interesting things here in the triple cities and in a we go and some of the other communities across the region because people are always looking for for new opportunities and and ways to either improve on the existing ideas or come up with with something brand new definitely yeah yeah Yeah, like the and and hopefully more people you know get out there and get ideas and actually put their uh, passion to uh to the test if you will and get out there and other people support them and whatever uh, comes of it, it's successful. Yeah, I wish everybody the best, uh, whether they're starting a business for the first time or whether they've uh, been involved in, in many businesses over the years. I'm, I'm fascinated when, when people who have run successful businesses, say over a period of decades, decide to start something new. Sometimes it's an extension of what they've been doing or sometimes it's something just different and yet exciting, and they have 
enough confidence to be willing to to take a risk because as as business operators know there's no guarantee of of success you you take a risk you can have the best plan and the best execution in the end you can't force people to be your customer true true but you can uh push you know push yourself to uh um, learn what the customers want, do it and promote it. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you can't push the customers to come in and shop, but you can um, promote it the best that people say, you know, I really need to go there. Well, and that's the thing, you know, getting people, whether, and, and lately, it, in many cases for me, it's been restaurants or, or taverns, uh, just getting people in the door the first time because, one thing that is so true, whether it comes to our our consumer preferences or even our radio listening preferences, we're creatures of habit. And mm-hmm. you know, somebody can come up. You know, I if somebody comes up with a better talk show in Binghamton, I'll be a little concerned, but I won't be concerned immediately because a lot of people are in the habit of listening to this program, but say. If a new, better talk show comes along and they're able to induce people to try what they're serving on on radio or online, then I not only would I be concerned, but I would also make steps to, to make this program better. So, you know, as, as they say, competition in all facets of life can be can be very good for us. I mean, it keeps us keeps us on our toes, keeps us thinking of, of new ways to um be innovative and compelling. Definitely. Appreciate your call, Dave. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, you too. 1039 at News Radio, WNBF, 607-772-1290. We'll be taking more calls. I'm here till noon. We do this every weekday morning, 9 to noon. It's called Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph at News Radio, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the WNBF app. Forty-two. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Fran in the town of Shenango. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, last Tuesday when we had that, uh, I, I don't know what they finally classified it as, but the, the storm we had here in the town of uh, Shenango was a real class act. We had winds that were blowing. So hard that they took one of my large trees out, took out my electrical service, and uh, made me without electrical service for two days, almost three. When they finally got it hooked up and running again, I was the only one here on the lovely Jacobs Highway who didn't have power. But I'm wondering, because we've switched over recently, to those smart boxes and I think I got a smart box for a dumb guy because it didn't seem to be the problems that we had in the past that seemed very, very small now because when we had had a storm, it was even similar to that and once the reconnection was made and the box was set back up, everything went 
this thing was tougher than Chinese algebra to get going. I mean, I'm not a fan now of, of these smart boxes at all. I'm just hoping that if anybody else has had that problem, they should make the electric company uh, aware of it because they seem to be a little bit more sensitive than that old uh, knuckle buster that hung off the house for years, worked fine, wasn't a problem. I wasn't turning into Papa Smurf sitting here from blue because of the cold. We missed our Thanksgiving Day dinner. Uh, We had had people lined up to be coming, and none of it, None of it worked out. Hmm. All right. Well, I will. We're uh, expecting to have a NYSEG representative on the program on Thursday morning at ten ten, and I'm going to make note of what you mentioned to see if the smart boxes should have anything to do with with power interruptions or re- restoring power. My understanding was they shouldn't have any thing to do with that, but I'll I'll try to well, bring that, that up. the only thing that I could find to be different. Right. The old knuckle buster worked fine. Hmm. Didn't have a problem. Once they put it back up and the service was hung back on the house, we were experiencing electrical lights again. Hmm. But as it is, I've got to say that there may be a situation with these that folks and also even the electric guys may not be aware of. All right. Well, I'll uh, try to remember to ask our uh, NYSEG guest on Thursday about that. And for people who have concerns or questions about the smart meters, I would encourage people to either call in today or tomorrow. If you have uh, potential questions, I'll try to jot some of them down. Or you can also send them to bob at wnbf.com. And I'll try to get to as many questions that are submitted by listeners as possible. Okay? But Okay. And also let them know this, that the only thing you ever get is when you call to get an answer about an outage, it's being investigated. Well, so isn't the Kennedy assassination. They're both on the same scale. Neither one has an answer. Neither one has an answer. So I'm hoping this Thursday you can get some out of this guy. Okay, I'll uh, right. I'll see. Um, I'm glad at least they uh, are making arrangements to have someone join us because I know that we've really? heard from many many people who have concerns. So we'll we'll try to get some good information for folks. Well, I thank you, Bob. It would put my mind at ease. I'm hoping. All right. I hope you have a great day. It's 1047 at WNBF. Arthur in Harpersville, you're on the air. Hello, Bob. Good morning. It's interesting. To oh, it's... You. <laughs> I'm sorry, Arthur in Harpersville. I didn't <laughs> answer the call you, earlier. You publicly. Yeah, well, it, I, I guess <laughs> you're, you're not fooling anyone because now your voice is instantly recognizable. Thank you. Arthur from oh. Harpersville, and you don't mind if I identify which Arthur you are? No, no, I don't mind, Bob. Okay. Art Pennard. <laughs> Art Pennard <laughs> used to work, actually, here in this studio from time to time with uh, the WNBF news team. Arthur, thank you uh, for your patience, and sorry I didn't, when I picked up the phone earlier, it's like, 
Yes, Arthur in Harpersville. I didn't even say, oh, hi, Art. How's it going? Anyway, how you doing? Right. Who Who is that guy, right? <laughs> so how, how have you, you been? Bob. Very good. Thank you. But I have a, a concern, and uh, it's somewhat related to what the last gentleman uh, said about the storm that came uh, through our area. It appears that not everyone was touched by it, but people from Port Crane up through Route 79 past the state park were affected directly. And my question relates to some birds that have lived up there for years. Oh, the eagles? Primarily bald eagles. Yep. I heard their nest got blown down. Yes, that was my question. How do we help these eagles? Because their nest that they've had for many years on a sycamore tree that juts out over the Shenango River um, has blown away. And I noticed them the other day just sitting up there lonely. What do eagles do when their nests blow away? Can they make it through the winter without them? Oh, my gosh. Do we you need know? to have a rescue team? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. And, you know, I... I had heard, unfortunately, I'm very familiar with that eagle's nest and uh, having been over there and, and observed and uh, been able to take some pictures and just, uh, I mean, it's, it's been just such a fixture there for, for so long. And when I heard that, the uh, unfortunately, the winds took down the nest, I, I thought that was sad. But I didn't, I didn't even think, oh, now what's next? But that's, uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, what what, if anything, can be done to help the eagles? So you say they're still in the area. Yes, they're still in the area, and they still sit on the sycamore tree, but there's no nest for them. Will they build a nest? I guess maybe my my comments are more of a question. Will they try to build the nest, or do they need to be in, you know, the spring and have that nesting ability? Would they build it back again? Will they make it through the winter without a nest? Hmm. Excellent question. Know. Excellent question. I'm going to uh, see if I can find out some answers. In the meantime, we'll throw that out to the listeners. I'm glad you brought it up because um, a few days ago when it was brought to my attention, I think maybe it was around Thanksgiving or, or just before, I, uh, I thought, oh, that's that's really unfortunate, but it didn't occur to me. All right, now do they do they have a plan B? And and are they able at this point of of the season, late November, to actually make a nest, or what what can they do to um, get through the winter and and carry on? So I'll I'll see if I can find out. Maybe our listeners have some thoughts. Well, thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure talking with you, and uh, a great uh, beautiful season we're in right now, including the white stuff I'm seeing on my windshield at the moment. I know it was it was actually nice to see. Get back to me though in in late January or early February to to see what my I thoughts know. are about the snow. It's always it's always yeah, fun when when it starts, and then after I usually say after about two months, I've had my fill. Right, and after all the cancellations and delays, I understand. Art, thank but you have so a great much. Holiday and and to the listeners as well, Bob. Okay, and I wish you and your family Bye. all the best. Thank you. Ten fifty one. At News Radio. That's what I love about this program. You never know. You never know for sure who will call next. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. 
WNBF doctor, my eyes. Doctor, what happened to my eyes? Oh, they're over there. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Ah. Oh, we will be talking more about the Eagles. No, not, not the ones from Philadelphia. I'm still bitter. We're talking about the Port Crane Eagles <laughs> coming up next hour. Um, very interesting about what eagles do when something happens to their nest, especially as winter approaches. So I think everything will be fine, but we'll, we'll be talking more about that. Also coming up right after the news, a special interview. Yeah, a timely interview ripped from the headlines. You'll love it. Bob Joseph with you till noon on Binghamton Now at News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny today, high near 32. Partly cloudy tonight, chance of snow showers, low around 22. Wednesday, partly sunny with a chance of snow showers, high near 34. While millions of dollars in updates are planned inside the Boscov store in downtown Binghamton, there also may be some changes made to the outside of the structure. The building originally featured a yellow brick exterior that was concealed in a 1972 modernization project. Some fans of Binghamton's historic buildings have been hoping the cover-up can be removed to expose the original architecture. It now appears that could happen. Jim Boscov, the CEO of the Pennsylvania-based department store chain, told WNBF News there's serious talk about it. He said he's discussed the concept of removing the current exterior with Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo, who favors the idea. Boscov said he is absolutely in favor of that, but he said improving the interior of the store to provide the best environment for Boscov's customers is a priority. Boscov said the current facade is okay, but it's not nearly as magnificent as the original building. But he said some inspection will be needed to make sure that we know what we're uncovering and that it will be affordable to replace all of the windows that would be exposed. A tobacco and vape store that had been opposed by some Shenango Bridge residents is expected to start operating soon in a former bank building. The Smart Smoker Shop will use the site that had been home to a Citizens Bank branch until two years ago. Approval was received from the Town of Shenango Planning Board to open the business at 603 River Road. The property was recently acquired for use as a smoke shop. Some people who live nearby had tried to prevent the store from setting up, setting up at that location. The business location is a short distance away from a couple of nearby schools. The town board approved the site plan for the smart smoker shop with some contingencies. One requires the business to be closed between 2.30 and 4.30 on weekdays when school is in session. Another stipulates that although the store's name may be displayed, there will be no window signage advertising merchandise. The store's opening is planned for next week. 
On November 22nd, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation at Binghamton arrested Stacy Congdon of Windsor for the Class D felony of grand larceny in the third degree. An investigation revealed that while volunteering for the Windsor Town Fair, Congdon made several unauthorized debit card purchases and cash withdrawals totaling over $10,000. The unauthorized purchases took place between May of 2023 and September of 2023. Congdon was arrested and then turned over to Broome County Correctional Facility for arraignment. In September, the New York State Police issued a press release that Congdon was arrested for the Class C felony of grand larceny in the second degree after an investigation revealed that she stole over $50,000 from the nonprofit Punch-Out Parkinson's Incorporated. The unauthorized withdrawals were taken from the accounts over a period of a year from April through May of 2023. New York State cannabis regulators have approved a deal to settle lawsuits that have blocked recreational marijuana shops from opening. The state's Cannabis Control Board approved the settlement on Monday. It still needs a judge's approval before it can take effect. The deal would lift a court order that has blocked the state from processing or issuing retail marijuana licenses since August following lawsuits over rules that promised many of the first licenses to people with past drug convictions. Bureaucratic problems and lawsuits have allowed only about two dozen legal shops to open while farmers sit on a glut of crops and an ever-growing black market of storefronts fill the void. Former President Donald Trump plans to testify again next month in his civil fraud trial. His lawyer said Monday that he will return to the witness stand on December 11. Trump already testified aggressively earlier this month when he was called by his adversaries in the lawsuit, the New York Attorney General's office. This time, the Republican 2024 presidential frontrunner's own lawyers will open the questioning. They can ask a wider range of queries than they could on cross-examination last time. These state lawyers claim that Trump and his company misled lenders and insurers by giving them financial statements that greatly inflated his asset values and overall net worth. The defendants deny wrongdoing. And a new Pennsylvania law will require doctors to get a patient's verbal and written consent before medical students can perform pelvic exams on someone who receives anesthesia. Governor Josh Shapiro signed the legislation into law last week. And a press conference commemorated it on Monday. The measure is part of a broader national effort to require informed consent for the examinations. At least 20 states have enacted similar measures. The Pennsylvania Act will require health care providers to receive a patient's verbal and written consent for a pelvic, rectal, or prostate exam to be conducted under anesthesia. The law takes effect in January. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Tuesday morning on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. And always available on the WNBF app. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll be taking more phone calls. So if you have things to talk about, we will have time to chat with you. Looking forward to that. Coming up. 
here on Binghamton Now. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree will be lighted for all to see on Wednesday evening. And joining us now to talk about the tree is Jackie McGinley of Vestal. The McGinley family donated the tree, and things were really, really busy outside the McGinley residence in Vestal earlier this month as word circulated that the 80-foot-tall Norway spruce had been the one chosen to be on display at Rockefeller Center during the upcoming holiday season. And Jackie McGinley, good morning. Welcome to WNBF. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. Well, this has certainly been exciting for you and your husband and your daughters. It absolutely has. It has been incredibly unimaginable, but also really magical for our family and our community. Once the word circulated after the secret was finally let out and it became known not just to people in Vestal but to people around New York State, actually people around the world, that your family tree was the one that was chosen to be put on display for this holiday season. What was life like? It was really interesting. We had um, folks coming to our home to take a picture with the tree while it was still standing. There was a crowd that gathered the day that the tree was cut to be able to bear witness to that. And now even still, people are stopping by to take a picture or to take a look at where the tree once stood. We've put some branches out at the end of our driveway and people have stopped by to pick those up and, and make decorations with them. So it's really been this wonderful opportunity to connect and build relationships with our neighbors and our community. I was so excited when I first stopped by in early November to see the tree and some of the preliminary work had already been done to prepare the tree for its trek from Vestal to Manhattan. But uh, it is amazing now that the, the tree has been transported to Rockefeller Center in preparation for tomorrow night's lighting ceremony. It's uh, it, it just feels kind of weird that all that remains at that spot where the tree had stood for several decades is is just the stump. And and this morning it was it was kind of uh, nice to see a, a light snow falling and and um, you know, just seeing well that's that's where the tree was and there's no. I thought maybe somebody would put up a sign. This is where the 2023 mm-hmm. Rockefeller Center tree uh, had grown, but there's no sign. Just uh, that spot where we we had seen the tree earlier this month, and with all the excitement before it was finally uh, taken down and and trucked down to New York City. Yes, it's it's interesting. Now it is just a stump in the ground. Um, but if anyone knows the story of the giving tree, there's beauty in that too. It's a place to sit. It's a place to rest. It's a place to remember and think. And so we've really enjoyed watching the whole life cycle of this process um, and, and are trying to take in time with, with even this, the where it used to stand and the stump that is now there. So will the stump remain? Do you plan to keep it there? Um, the folks from Rockefeller Center very graciously um, will be helping to uh, grind and extract that, that stump and the root system, and then they plant in its place some new arborvitae trees um, where it once stood. So they're very kind and generous and replaced what was once there. 
And is that going to probably happen in the spring? Have they scheduled it yet? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, we're looking at the spring for all of that to happen. So if anybody wants to take a picture with the stump or see the stump, they have plenty of time to still do so over the winter. So you and your family actually already have uh, visited Rockefeller Center. You were down there, I believe, on November 11th uh, to uh, see the, the tree as, as it arrived at its um, place where it's it's going to be on display over the holiday season. You're right. So we had the opportunity, again, the generosity of the folks with Rockefeller Center to bring um, myself, my husband, and my two daughters, Zoe and Charlie, down for what they call Arrival Day. And in essence, what happens is the tree is brought onto the plaza at Rockefeller Center, and everything that happened in our yard now happens in reverse. So a crane uh, gently lifts it up and then uh, a stake is put into the bottom of the tree. In fact, our family had the opportunity to hammer that stake into the tree. That's a tradition they offer every family that donates a tree. And then we were able to see it hoisted into place and immediately people gathering and enjoying a tree that grew in our community down in New York City. And I had a chance to, this morning, speak with one of your daughters, Charlie. She mentioned that uh, a lot of her classmates at Vestal Hills Elementary have, of course, been talking about that. I'm sure the classmates of uh, your other daughter have been equally excited that the Rockefeller Center tree is coming from Vestal. Yes, it's been very exciting for their schools, for their their friends and their teachers to have that experience. In fact, um, Eric Pauze, who's the head gardener for Rockefeller Center, very graciously the day before the tree cutting went and delivered an hour-long presentation uh, complete with a Q&A session with the students at Vestal Hills Elementary School, and it was fantastic. He said that they asked better questions than any reporter ever did. Kids always do. They do. And, and probably <laughs> some of their questions were more insightful and less predictable than than uh, those that Eric had had heard all along. I, I know uh, that day, the afternoon before the uh, the big morning ceremony, when the the tree was taken down and then put on the uh, the truck, I I noticed he still had his uh, I think guest badge from the Vestal Hills Elementary School. I didn't didn't ask him about uh, his presentation, but I I surmise that uh, he managed to give uh, a very nice talk for for the kids at the school. He did, absolutely. It was a wonderful opportunity and and very kind and generous of him. So here we are. Thanksgiving is over and the tree lighting ceremony now is just a little over 24 hours away. So what are your thoughts as as, uh, not only your friends and neighbors in Vestal, but people around the nation and around the world will be able to see the nicely decorated tree at Rockefeller Center? We really just hope that people have the opportunity, whether it's in person or on TV or online, take a few moments to take in the tree. We have the mantra as a family, this is not about us. It's about what this tree means to other people. And and so we really hope that others will take the time to enjoy the tree, to find joy and happiness in it. And that is just the greatest gift to us. And it really fills our heart to know that people will be able to do that this year. 
and you'll have the opportunity, you and your husband and the kids, will be able to see the tree lighting ceremony in person. We will. We're really fortunate. Once again, the folks from Rockefeller Center have generously offered to bring us down to New York City. So we're going to head down tomorrow uh, morning. We'll be in the city during the day, and then we will be able to uh, get a close look at the tree lighting. Um, it's happening uh, around, I think they pushed the button around 9.50 or 9.55, but folks can tune in to NBC from 8 to 10 o'clock tomorrow to see the lighting ceremony. And we will we will get to be there with some of our close family and friends, and that, that itself feels like such a gift, such a memory to hold. And I know a lot of... Um students and and faculty from Binghamton University which is located campus is just really truly a few yards to the west of of where the tree stood they're looking forward to um, being in the city over the holiday season and being able to point to say their friends and family that hey that tree originated right near our campus in Vestal that's right uh, in fact, many of them probably could see the tree from uh, the bus routes that the, the campus transportation uses or from their dorm rooms or their classrooms. It really was just that close. Um, and, and what we've been really excited about, I'm a member of the faculty here at the university, and what I, I most appreciate about the university is its commitment to engaging with, supporting, and being of service to the local community. And so this, to me, just felt like an extension of the university's commitment to community engagement. Jackie McKinley and your husband, Matt, and um, wish your um, daughters as well, Charlie. And so I wish the entire McKinley family the best during this holiday season. And I hope you have a good time at the tree lighting ceremony. Thanks so much, Bob. It was great chatting with you, and happy holidays to you and to your listeners. Thanks. Have a great day and a great trip. Thank you. It's 1121, live and local. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Eleven twenty four WNBF Bob Joseph live Pete formerly a Vestal you're on the air. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm doing well. How are things? Well, I'm doing some yard work now. Shouldn't be doing it today, but we're doing it today. <laughs> yeah, not, not ready for winter yet. <laughs> not ready for winter. So tongue in cheek, I think what we should do is get a GoFundMe account set up and then contact the Boy Scouts for an eagle project to pitch the nest. Oh, the eagles! But I'm tongue in cheek. Yeah, poor yeah, crane. We're talking to eagles. Yeah, I'm talking. Because I'm really worried now. Now that our uh, friend Art Pennard brought it up, and uh, as I said, when I heard about the the nest being blown down several days ago, I hadn't even spent much time thinking. Well, what are they going to do now? But yeah, I, yeah. I think we have a lot of uh, scouts who listen. And I know yeah. we just did a story about a, an Eagle Scout project um, this summer. So maybe that is a good idea, an Eagle Scout project and a GoFundMe. And I'll set it up in my name for safekeeping. And I'll oh, yes, set sir. 
<laughs> for integrity's sake. Well. So it'll be on the up and up. Uh-huh. And I'll set a goal of $5 uh-huh. million. Dollars, and we'll have the best darn eagle's nest that Port Crane has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Now, tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but in reality, um, the eagles will be fine. They don't nest in the nest anytime except when they've got babies there. That's the only time they use it in the nest. They don't sleep in the winter there. They don't use it at all. They'll stay by and, and work on it sometimes, so they'll be fine for the winter. And then, B, um, they'll build another nest nearby. They will. They stay in the area. They don't leave the area because Mother Nature got mad at them and took the nest down on them. I mean, they'll, 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 if we start watching, they'll probably start building pretty soon. Well, so how long has that nest been there? I, I know it's been there for years. Um, I'm thinking, well, I know at least probably eight years. I, I'd have to look at my pictures because I've taken a lot of pictures up there. I've got quite a few pictures up there, some really good pictures from up there. And I'd have to look and see when I first started taking pictures up there when I first found out about that one. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say at least eight or ten years, probably. Eight years? You don't know. I'll have to go look. I'll, right. I'll let you know sometime. Yeah. Well, uh, but, yeah, they, they'll, they'll start building soon, and they'll they'll be just fine. I mean, there's a couple nests up in State Park. There's two old nests up there with a new nest. So they'll abandon one nest at some point, and the one nest is abandoned, I think, because raccoons have come up the pine tree to come get them. So they abandoned that nest. Raccoons or fishers or somewhere would come up the nest. So they abandoned that one and went to another nest, which I think is kind of on an island. Um, so, yeah, they'll just build a new nest. Well, tell me, you watch them. Tell me this specific area because I think I know the the location there. It's off three sixty nine, where the nest that we're talking about had had been located, right? The one that's right was yeah. right over the Shenango River. The way I describe it to people, and I tell people, is, is leave the, the hamlet of Fort Crane, go north on three sixty nine, and as you're driving up, you'll see the river comes next to the road and, and runs parallel, real close to the road, and then the river will turn. To the left, away from the road. If you if you look from there, there's a big um, sycamore tree out there, and it's not so big anymore because there's a big branch of it fell down. But it's on the northwest side of the river, is where it is. And I mean, obviously you can't see anything now, but that's where it was. And they'll probably build right near there before. I've got pictures of the eagles mating across the river from this one time. So there, it's a really good spot um, to park if you want to park, but just park well off the road. And be careful, and then you can stand on the other side of the guide and watch them from there. All right. Well, I've I've already talked to uh, a guy with the DEC in Albany, and I know the local DEC police have have uh, for a long time kept track of not just that eagle's nest, but the um, the other nests around here. Because that's the interesting thing. Up until really the last five or ten years, eagles in the area were were very rare, and now. Suddenly, I won't say everywhere you look, but so many places you look, whether it's in Port Crane or Westover or Owego or, or Endicott along mm-hmm. the Shenango and Susquehanna rivers, we're seeing a, a lot, a lot of life with, uh, with the, um, the re- reemergence of the eagle population. I mean, if you, from the downtown Binghamton area, you could do a 30 mile radius, and I know, just know of at least probably 10 nests, eight, eight to 10 nests in that area within a 30 minute drive. So they're, That's and most of them are pretty simple to see. Some you have to really look for them. So yeah, they'll, they'll rebuild the nest. They're not typical state employees. I mean, they're, they're, they might be government contractors, but they're not state employees. So they'll get it done real quick and it'll be cheap for them to do it. All right. 
And I don't want any, right. by the way, I don't want any current or former state employees to take umbrage at what you just said. Well, they probably will. Well, no, of course they will. They will. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Most state employees know. Most state employees know the joke. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and I, I know so many current and former state employees, and it's, it's like, yeah, so we're state employees. Yeah. We're, and we're proud, mm-hmm. to, as they should be proud, New York state employees. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. We have a big, big audience of current and former state employees and even other government employees. Even if, even if they're not allowed to call in, they're still allowed to listen. That's one thing they can't regulate. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, appreciate. We don't, we don't take a, we don't take offense to it. So. All right, no. Okay. Hey, hey it's right. life. We'd love it. Right. You know. Thank you. Right. I hope you have Bye. a great holiday Bye. season. Thanks. All right, the Eagles will be okay. The Eagles will be okay. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Well, that's uh, reassuring news. I figured they would fend for themselves. That's what I figured. By the way, if you have any nice pictures of eagles around here in, in Broome or Tioga County, you can always send them to Bob at WNBF.com because I'm just fascinated, fascinated with pictures of nature. Listening to Binghamton now, this is Tuesday morning. News Radio 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, online, WNBF.com. serve you. If you have news tips, Bob at WNBF.com. If you have interesting photos of stuff going on around here, it's the same email address. Um, The other thing is, remember that phrase? And I've worked over the last two decades to drill this through to people. If you see something, say something. Anytime you see something, your first instinct should be to send an email to bob at wnbf.com. If you have photos, good. If you don't have photos, that's okay. If it's an important story, if I find out about it soon enough, I'll go over. Bob at wnbf.com. Remember, that's why they invented, if you see something, say something. You need to report it to bob at wnbf.com. And then... If it's a a newsworthy story, if we can gather enough official information, we will um, report on it. That's that's how reporting works. I hear still quite often from people, they say, yeah, yeah, it was the the darndest thing. 
Yeah, the, they were, there were uh, police and fire and ambulances and helicopters. And um, we thought, wow, that's weird in our neighborhood. And then they said, but it, the news doesn't have it. And I said, well, how would the news have it? The only way the news is going to have it is if, if somebody calls a newsroom or sends an email to a newsroom and say, look, we have news going on right now. Send out Geraldo and the gang. Get in the action news van or whatever it is you guys are using these days and get out here and find out what's going on. That's how the news happens. The news doesn't happen automatically. They don't have an AI system, artificial intelligence, to come up with the news. Well, they do, but you, you see, when they use that system, you see what kind of reporting you get. So, now, real news using real people and natural intelligence requires information right at the start. So the sooner I find out about something or the sooner, if you have a favorite reporter, let them know. You don't have to tell me. Tell some reporter so they can get out of the newsroom and get over to the scene and find out. You know, If we find something out eight hours later or the next day or a week later, you know, by then, everything has been cleaned up. The scene has been sanitized. People have been told to not talk to reporters. So the, the key thing is you get reporters out there. That's, that's how information works. It's not going to – the news is not automatically going to report itself, surprisingly. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today. Still a chance of a few snow showers. High 32. Cloudy tonight. A chance of snow showers. Low 22. Some snow accumulation possible tonight. Less than a half inch. Hardly sunny tomorrow with a few snow showers. In the early afternoon, high 34. And then nicer, bit warmer on Thursday. Mostly sunny. High 45 right now. It's 27. It's minus 3 Celsius, I would guess. I would guess. You know, I remember I worked at a station once that actually put out the uh, the charts. Because we were... I, was, <laughs> I know, it's a long time ago. Back when it looked like Celsius was actually going to be a thing. Back when the United States wanted to join the rest of the world and be consistent with about 7 billion other people on the planet. But it never caught on here, mysteriously. Why? I believe the Fahrenheit Conspiracy. There's somebody who's cashing in because the U.S. tenaciously clings to Fahrenheit while refusing to go along with the rest of the civilized world. Uh, let's see, what else did the uh, National Weather Service have for us about uh, overall weather? Yeah, scattered snow showers could reduce visibility even this afternoon. Even isolated snow squalls. So, uh, if you encounter that, slow down. Drive the way you were taught to drive, not the way other people drive. Drive the right way. Oh, and by the way, if you're planning to go to 
Buffalo or Hamburg or Syracuse or whatever, you probably want to do some research on that before you actually go. I'm not saying don't go. Go ahead. You, you're an adult. You make your own choices. If you think it's smart to drive to western New York or northern New York today, be my guest. If you get caught in a drift, give me a call. Yeah, an interesting live interview. I'll just say, if it were up to me, if I was planning to go to Syracuse or Watertown or Rochester or Buffalo, if it were up to me, or even Hamburg, even though I'm hungry and it's almost lunchtime, so it sounds enticing, I would delay my trip. Binghamton now on WNBF. WNBF 1145, we're here for you, and we will be, if I have anything to say about it for a long time to come. Of course, all I can do is offer my, my recommendations, ultimately. Who knows what will happen in life? Am I right, people? 607-772-1290. Fox 40 reports that a Texas woman who says she was sexually assaulted by a Vestal High School teacher when she was a student is suing the Vestal School District and the teacher. And the story by Sue Neubauer at Fox 40. It's online. You can see the uh, story at WICZ.com. The story says the suit was filed in Broome County Supreme Court a few days ago under the Adult Survivors Act just before the law expired, the law created a one-year window for survivors of sexual assault who are 18 or older to sue their abusers, regardless of when the abuse occurred. The woman, who now lives in Texas, alleges the teacher, her former economics teacher, groomed and sexually assaulted her during the 2001-2002 school year. So she is suing him for sexual assault and sexual battery. Suit also says that Vestal High School administrators were reportedly made aware of the inappropriate relationship but failed to protect the student or take any actions against the teacher. The woman, who now lives in Texas, is suing the district, that's the Vestal School District, for negligence, as well as negligence in retaining, hiring, and supervising its employees. Here's a statement. And I would say, but I can't prove, I would say this statement was actually dictated by an attorney. So basically, it says Vestal School District 
received an email from a local media station with information that an allegation of sexual misconduct had been filed by a former student. The district has not been served with legal documents at this time. The district takes every precaution to ensure the safety of our students and staff. Following the district's usual procedures during a legal investigation, staff members are placed on administrative leave pending investigation, and that is the case in this situation. So again, do I think somebody, just any employee of the Vestal School District wrote that statement? No, I think it was dictated by high-powered and highly paid attorneys because in a case like this, given its sensitive nature, that's who you call. You don't leave it don't leave anything to chance and you certainly don't provide any details about what happened because look pending litigation who knows how this will play out nobody knows according to the complaint the student was 17 when she began attending the vestal high school as a senior she alleges the teacher began grooming behavior and special treatment in 2001 Court documents said she overheard the teacher discussing her phone number to fellow students when he was supervising an open gym session. And then shortly afterwards, he called and asked her to meet at a gas station and diner. According to the lawsuit, quote, plaintiff was confused but still trying to make friends in the district and she wanted to be accepted. So she joined the teacher. The suit alleges that after the pair developed a friendship, the teacher showed the students special attention, including moving her into a special economics class, a full-year course. She would uh, So she would remain a student and then waited for her outside of play practice when the practice would end. And the teacher would walk the plaintiff to her vehicle. All right, well... I'll refrain from going into the graphic details. But it is at WICZ.com if if you need to know more. So the former student, who's now an adult living in Texas, she said the unwanted contact from the teacher only entered after she moved and changed her phone number. She's seeking an unspecified amount in damages from the Vestal School District and from the teacher. Her attorney said in a statement to Fox 40, she is grateful to be able to seek justice and looks forward to her day in court. So that's an allegation. That's all it is. And we don't know. Bottom line, we don't know what we don't know. All we know is um, what's alleged in the lawsuit. And all we can do, whether we're journalists or residents or teachers or students or friends or relatives of everybody involved, we just wait and see how this plays out. The problem, of course, with any case, with any case of this nature, is typically 
very few people know the whole story. And in the meantime, unfortunately for everybody involved, in the meantime, in the court of public opinion, some people automatically are assumed to be guilty, or maybe in some cases assume, presumed to be innocent. See, the presumption here, in a case like this, they're always, in our system of justice, there always should be the presumption of innocence. That is the system. Because anyone can be accused of anything at any time. And the system, the legal system for purposes of the criminal justice system in the United States, everybody who's accused of something is to be presumed innocent unless and until they can be convicted in the court of law or ultimately if it comes down to a plea deal because sometimes that happens as well sometimes there are plea deals involved and sometimes even if in cases where there is no criminal culpability say if case goes through trial sometimes that's not the end of it whether the person who made the accusations isn't satisfied, or for that matter, whether the person who was accused isn't satisfied, there, in many cases, are going to be additional chapters. So the criminal aspect of these cases, that's only one part of it. And then keep in mind the people, individuals who are involved. Everybody. It's 11.53. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, well, this is Carol from JC, and uh, today I am your roving reporter. Uh, I'm on Route 11, about 10, 12 miles from Cortland, and uh, I'm headed to Syracuse. But I'm going to get on the highway before uh, Cortland because it's like takes you 20 minutes to get through Homer and Cortland. And I just passed about three, four miles ago the, the uh, turnoff to Greek Peak. I am going to a root canal. An endodontist. I am going to an endodontist because there are only two in the triple cities that take more, I don't want to say severe, but complicated cases. And one doesn't take new patients, and the other one was borderline not taking any new patients. So I am forced to go to um, Syracuse, and it's uh, called Brewerton Road, which is actually still part of Route 11. And it's near uh, where you can get on the highways. If anybody's familiar with Sweetheart Corner on Route 11 around Brewerton Road, that's where I'm headed. And there is no snow on the highway. Well, I'm leaving a little bit later than I would like to because I did my research, like you said a few minutes ago. I right. mean, I called a dentist. I called somebody that had the Internet. I, I talked to somebody at WBNG, for God's sakes. And... Uh, it, it's, in fact, the lady at the dentist's office said it's it's not as bad as what they predicted. Well, and the sun was the sun is okay. shining in Syracuse. She said. Well, where where is Brewerton in in relation to Syracuse? North, south, east, west. Uh, it's, well, if, if you stay on well, Salina Street is Route 11, right? Yep. Okay, so you just stay on. I plan on getting on the highway because it's north of Syracuse. Uh, it's just a little section there where it's like. Uh, Oh, what is that municipality? Oh, my gosh. I know it as well as I know my own name because I've been up here uh, quite a few times. 
uh, uh, North Syracuse, because uh, they're North Syracuse, and uh, then Brewerton. If I took Brewerton Road further than uh, I wanted to go, uh, there would be, I think, a small municipality called Brewerton. All right. But well, there's a like, there's a lake effect like snow warning. Show. Yeah. A lake yes, effect snow warning till 7 tomorrow morning, and it's not going to be that bad, just uh, 5 to 10 inches. That's all they're going to get. Well, having driven to Greek Peak for 40 years, <laughs> and <laughs> half of it, not half of it on Route 11 before starting in 63 when there was no Route 81. Right. Uh, this is really not bad. I get better gas mileage on a two-lane road. Right. Than that. Hey, I, I have to run, but but safe yeah. travels, and I wish you the best during the procedure, okay? Yes, thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks, Bye-bye. Carol. Be careful. And that is the story, live. Our, our roving reporter. I appreciate that. And that is our program for today, folks. Don't worry. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here from 9 to noon. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.